Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. I'm Dave Detman, also known as Dr. Get. I've got a new podcast called The Big Idea. And every week I talk to inventors and visionaries who made it big in their respective industries. We'll tackle weekly trending tech, provide inside tips for your success, and go deep dives on the latest and greatest innovations. And I know you're going to love this part. I'll also have plenty of free giveaways. Who doesn't love free stuff? So listen to and follow The Big Idea with me, Dr. Gadget, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of Goldberg's projects, what's going on with his garage, what he thinks his first project's going to be back when he's back in the the garage, and we're going to get into this um, very cool car built by Speedcore for Ralph Gilles, the head of uh, design over at Stellantis. We'll get into that and some more, but first, here's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. All right, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt Moderator D'Andre here with Bill Goldberg. How are you? You can go ahead and bring that music down a little bit more. There you go. <laughs> uh, you got a power booster. Yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, it's good. We're, uh, we're, uh, we're working with, uh, we're training some new guys. We're training new guys and it's going, it's good. It's going well. So listen, it was uh, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> We've got, uh, there was a lot kind of happening. Took a couple little, a couple few days off. Got to watch the Indy 500. A uh, uh, good race. Um, it's always a good race when nobody gets really hurt. There was a, there was a few crashes. Um, some people got uh-huh. checked out. I think everybody's okay. Marcus Erickson was the winner. He's the, uh, the racer from Mexico, I believe. Formula, uh, Formula, F- former Formula One driver. That's not necessarily the easiest thing to say. Uh, put on a good Did show. Uh, part of uh, Chip Ganassi racing. Uh, listen, uh, S- Scott Dixon was 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 really kind of leading the race. I I don't know. He had uh, a bunch of laps up front. Um, uh, I, I something like ninety five of the two hundred laps he was leading the thing. And with a handful of laps to go toward the end, uh, he comes into the pit. Uh, you know, of course, everybody's going to be coming in. And I guess he just, um, and I don't really know the specifics, but I i guess he was just, a, he got a penalty. So maybe he was just coming a little too fast out of the pits. And the penalty 
meant he had to go back around, drive through the pit again, and just do it over again. And he, I got to tell you, I really think he was a shoe in to win. He was dominating. He was so far ahead. He timed the pit correctly. And just this little strategic faux pas here, just this little thing, just a little overzealous and broke the speed limit coming out of the pits. Um, and and I, I think that's what it was. And the reason why I, I don't know for sure is because I started watching the event at home and then we went to uh, we we walked in the neighborhood to the bar and they had you know all the screens on, but you can't hear it anymore. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, like when the sound's not on, Indy Five Hundred, the broadcast, they didn't do the best with like the lower thirds, you know, uh, with with the text. They weren't running the captions, and and it wasn't to like the last three laps that they turned down the sound of every other game and they turned up the Indy 500 in this in this giant place. And this bar is uh it it almost looks like a like sports book in Vegas. It was just like a giant wall of screens and all these events are up there. So I was like, what's the penalty for? What's the penalty for? And I'm like yelling at the <laughs> bartenders. I'm like they're like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I I think it was just a speed violation coming out of the pits. And yeah, just that little extra lap and go through the pits, he finished in 20th, which is a super bummer for him. But uh, great for for uh, for Marcus Erickson. Marcus only has, I mean, only, I know this is all tough to do, uh, three IndyCar wins in 52 starts. Uh but look, it was um, it it was good. It was it was a fun event. It was I think three hundred thousand people, which is damn near sellout capacity. Um, the first time in in three years or something that they did Carb Day, so all the the parade and the ceremonies and stuff ahead of time. Now you know everything's lifted. Uh, you know, so they were able to put on a big show. Um, so it looked like everything back to normal pretty much. It, it really looked like it was back to normal. I mean, the place was absolutely packed. It was a hell of a party. The whole thing leading up to it, uh, looked, looked great. And as much as they showed during the race day, it, yeah, I would say it looked back to normal, which is interesting because we're not too far off of the F1 race in Miami and, all the press surrounding that is just like all these celebrities were flying in and celebrities that aren't necessarily known within the automotive community. You know, it's just, uh, you know, David Beckham and Tom Brady and, and, you know, all these, you know, you know, Jennifer Lopez and like all these celebrities or whatever are there or people like that. And, and I get they're trying to turn, you know, kind of showing like, this is a, this is a bigger draw than just for the car world, but the Indy 500 is has been just one of the biggest parties of all time and continues they're to be. Two, they're two completely, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. you've been to both, right? Yeah, I mean, two completely different entities, right? Uh, you could see how disgusted the normal, and I said this before, but how disgusted disgusted the normal F1 fan was walking around in Miami, <laughs> seeing the different crowd that was there. Yeah. Celebrity wise. 
because they were there just to be seen. It, it wasn't a passion of theirs, right? Um, Indy, it, I mean, we all know what a party Indy is. And I can't believe, I couldn't, I, there's no way I could view the Indy 500 with no sound. There's, there's no I, way. I, I couldn't watch I, it for more the, than 10. The, the first I mean, that, half. That's an event that, that as, as you see, after three years of not, you know, taking place. Yeah. That thing, that like Kentucky Derby times five, you know, to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it was it was good. I, I can't wait to get back out there again. The timing this year with uh, with all these other events and stuff didn't quite work out, but we'll get something planned to to go out there again at some point. But look, it was good. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Everybody did a great job. Uh, um, you know, great to see Marcus Erickson win. Uh, I know he's been uh, uh, busting his ass out there like all of these guys, and and uh, it was it was good. Look, it, there was. I don't know, four laps left. They come off a, a long yellow, so like 12-minute delay. Like all the cars were brought into the pit. They had to put umbrellas on them and fans into the into the cockpit so the drivers yeah. wouldn't overheat. Uh, I forgot which driver it was, but one of the drivers had some kind of issue in getting the car started. So they all had to go around them on the restart. It was really kind of like top 10 or something. They had to go around them. That was a, that was a shitty moment for, for that driver. And I forgot who it was again, cause there was no goddamn sound. And, uh, and then yes, at, at the very end, uh, someone else, uh, went off the track and, uh, got a little squirreling and ended up in the grass, um, and, and nobody went and got airborne and landed on their roofs like no, the practice. No, not not no. Yeah, not like that in practice. That was a, that was a that was a tough crash. Can't believe he walked away from that. But yeah, so the the last lap, they were, I mean, really just going for it, kind of battling for first, second, third. It was like it was, and then at the last minute somebody goes off the track so the last lap was actually under a yellow and it's, it was still pretty fast they didn't slow the whole thing down it was it was a fast lap but you could see the moment when somebody radios and says yellow and you instantly know you can't change places oh, at yeah, that point so yeah. Marcus Erickson's like, I could do it. I could do it. I could see it. It's there. It's in front of me. And somebody goes, we've got a yellow. And he's like, I didn't even cross the finish line. I just uh, won. Holy shit. I can't believe I just won. Because <laughs> it was the only way to kind of, which was crazy because he was pretty far ahead for a minute before the second to last yellow were the one where everybody had the really long yellow. So he was in the head going, oh, I've only got, you know, five laps left. I'm, I've got a pretty good lead. I might be able to make this happen. Then a yellow happens, and then everybody bunches up, and he's like, great. I, I could have just blown it because now I've got the fastest guys ever starting with me. Oh, my. And he, he actually got a really good restart for those last few laps. And, uh, uh, and I think it was Pato Award. Yeah, Award like second to the last lap, like tried to make a move on him really looked like he had it and didn't quite get it. Like kind of went around him and just couldn't quite get enough before. I guess it was the turn had to like 
bring him back. You know, it was going high. It was bringing him back down. And it, he just he, he just felt like he was getting a little high to pass. And if they went into that corner at that speed, he would have went into the wall. So he had to back off. And once he backed off, it was all over. And then th- I think later after, during the interview, uh, Paddle's like, they were like, you look like you had him there. And he's like, it was just, it was too hot around that current turn. I would have went into the wall. Like we would have both would have no just fact. veered up and went into the wall. And he's like, I could have given it a shot and crashed or just take second place, which is funny because Indy 500 is one of those races where if you're up in the front, you want it so bad. You can get on the podium and, and a second to third, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> and and I, I know the team is like, hey, we didn't win, but, you know, we still did great. And that sets in later going, you know what? I did take second. Like, it was a good race. But in that moment, you're like, I was so close. I'm so bummed I didn't get get first. But uh, I, I don't know. I well, can't I don't bring, I don't want to bring you down, but I was sitting here waiting for the Indy 500 coverage, and it was superseded by local coverage of Biden. Uh, paying a visit to Uvalde mm-hmm. after the shooting, so it was blacked out here basically. So I oh, didn't get could, to see. Couldn't see. It. Couldn't so see it at all for the summary of, of the race. Yeah, I didn't see any of it. Well, it was. Uh, you'll see some good clips if you go and uh, and find. I'm sure they're going to show up all over the place. But it was good. Look, there's there's been more exciting races in the past, but uh, this was a good you know, like fully attended comeback event and it was a hell of a, a party and everybody made, That's it awesome. home, uh, made it home safely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of, you were uh, out last week uh, uh, helping out the community, as we put it. Uh, appreciate that. But I I took the, uh, the sack Mustang over to get dry ice blasting. I took it over to our friends at Ice Blast Works out here in SoCal. And um, we kind of touched on it before is they, they can do things mobile. They have a whole truck, a mobile operation thing going on. But I wanted to get the whole underside of the vehicle done. And the best way to do that was to get it up on a lift. So I brought the car to them. Had it towed over to them, put it up on their lift, and uh, went through the the whole process. I had since put up a couple of videos and images, the before and after shots up on Instagram. I know you got a chance to see it, Bill. Uh, that's what we were just talking about a minute ago at the beginning of the show. Um, but yeah, just a little recap. It's 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 a very loud. It's a very slow process. It kind of looks like sandblasting. It's not like you're just hitting it with a power washer. Uh, it's it has you know it's a high pressure nozzle, and you kind of have to just go back and forth little by little as much as you want. So it's a fairly uh, it's a fairly time so consuming process. How is it different than sandblasting? So uh, there's there's it, no real media hitting the car. It's it's. Okay. It's, so it's not as abrasive. It's not as abrasive as all at all. So, and also it, when you, when you see them do it, so first of all, they can turn the pressure up and down, 
but also you can see how they know where to pull the nozzle further away and then closer depending on what they're running into. I posted a lot of uh, like video stuff of the undercarriage, which doesn't have a lot of soft parts. But when I was there, they had already finished a lot of that and they were doing the engine compartment and going through the engine compartment and then switching from, you know, like valve covers that are aluminum to, uh, a, you know, power steering reservoir, which is plastic and to, you know, maybe some plastic covers or, or some wiring, they can pull it back and still clean it without really affecting any of it, <coughs> excuse me, or, or damaging it. But once it was all clean underneath the vehicle, what what we saw was a lot of like the original paint marks, uh, you know, when they're tightening down a bolt and they put the little paint mark on it to show that it was torqued down and it was done and uh, and a few things like that. And these guys are good because, you know, there's a few areas like on the rear axle around the the you know, the differential housing. And they're like, yeah, there's, there's some surface rust here and it's got the original black paint. And they said, if we, if we hit this, it'll take a lot of that off, which you may not want to do on a concourse restoration type of car like this. But there are some cars that you could come in there and you just shoot it all off. And then you just paint it with some chassis black and you've sort of restored underneath it. I said, I didn't want to restore anything. I wanted to keep it all original. Yeah. So to me, it sounds like the biggest advantage to this is the ability to change the pressure and the ability to blast off or clean different material. You can. Yeah. You know, they can, they can open your door and do the door panel if you wanted to. You know, if you've got, you know, an older vehicle, a lot of cook on it, you know, on the armrest and they can, they can do all of that. And it doesn't douse it with water. Water's not involved here. This is, that's not what's happening. Right. So this isn't, you know, hitting it with a hose and a brush and some, you know, some, some purple cleaner or whatever. This isn't really that. So, so, the, clean, so the cleanup, the mess is just the, the, uh, the, the dirt and gunk that's taken off of the vehicle yeah where does that go is that just fly out so that's all on the ground yeah that's all on the ground afterward you got to sweep it up or wash it away so that was one of the things because we talked about hey why don't you come into my shop to do it and they said well first of all the machine's pretty loud they got the you know headphones on and it does you know we did a lot on the vehicle. We did the entire undercarriage, the brakes inside the wheels, took the wheels off the engine compartment. It took eight hours to do all of that. You know, they were there for, for quite some time. And yes, although my car wasn't that bad, it does leave a little bit of a, a mess on the ground. Hold on uh, one second. Yeah. yeah. We have, we, we have, a, we have a guest. Come in, come in. Come in. I just, come on. Our son Gage Goldberg. You're uh, you're in here now. You're in here now, Goldberg. Come on down. Hey, buddy. Say hello. Say hello to Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, how do you? Yeah, yeah. he's asking a question, so I'm sorry he's interrupting. (laughs) Is he? I don't know. Is this hotel the baby? Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. (laughs) Multitask. Yeah. Remember that. Got it. 
Uh, anyway, so it was it was a cool process. A lot of people have asked me how much, and it's going to vary depending on what company you go to. Um, experience does play a part here. You want to go to uh, someone that's done this before. You know, and depending on how much of the car you want to get done, it'll range from a few hundred bucks to a couple of grand. I want to say if you did uh, if you did the entire underside, wheels off, engine compartment, you know, door jams, door locks, you know, you're you're looking at two thousand twenty four hundred, maybe twenty five hundred bucks. Now you don't have to spend that much. You can figure out how much you want to do. Uh but, you know, another thing to consider is, you know, we wash our cars all the time and oftentimes we'll we'll grab like some soap and water or the pressure washer and just kind of hit underneath the car as much as you can. Um, but after 30 years of doing that, you get a lot of soap scum and grime. So, yeah, you, you are kind of cleaning it a, a little bit. Um but that builds up over time, and that was one of the issues on my car. So the car is low miles, but it's been cleaned and detailed over the years, and underneath it, it just had a lot of this kind of soap scum and lime buildup and stuff like that, and this cleaned it all off and got me back to to a, a real clean state. And there's some stuff underneath that car that looks brand new. You know, some of that... Uh, uh, the sheet metal underneath the car at this point is is brand new. They did the wheel wells and even the plastic wheel wells. And with all the dirt and everything removed under there, you see the original you know Ford part number stamped in to the plastic of the mm-hmm. wheel well. So uh, very cool process. And uh, those of you guys that are familiar with the GT40 intake, the GT40 tubular intake, and it has those ribs, like those fins along the... Uh, the end of the intake, they sat there and they were able to just go through each one of those little fins and get it all perfectly clean. So um, I'll post some more pictures of the engine compartment. Um, but but yeah, just wanted to uh, touch on that again. Um, impressed with the process. And once they did mine, they went off to another car show and they did some other cars. And um, these guys at Ice Blast Works, they're, they're putting together kind of a lesser expensive um, sort of a bring a trailer package. Like, let's go through the quick detail of what areas we should hit on the car to clean it, uh, to make it the most presentable for an auction listing or a bring a trailer listing. They, they, yeah, they should be set up at every right outside of every freaking auction. They 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 really should. It's listen. If you're selling your car or you're selling it for 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 pretty good money, um, this is definitely something to to consider. And listen, when you have been detailing your car and stuff for years and you have years of just like, you know, like armor all and cleaners and things like that on the car, it seems interesting. It's like, it's nice to get it all off and start over, you know? Oh yes. Absolutely. Um, so use good soap, you know, that doesn't stand. Yeah. 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 uh, Layer on top of your skin. that actually cleans it off. It starts from scratch. Yeah. And, you know, so the next step is um, uh, we're going to be bringing it to our, our friends at Chemical Guys, and we're going to start looking at the paint, just how to make the paint as good as possible, but not burn through it. It's got when sh- when the sack club, when the, when they had painted the car, they would just take the cars off the factory line and then. 
they would just scuff it and shoot a, a, a coat of Wimbledon white over it. So they got Wimbledon white with the blue stripes with the stickers. So I want to talk to them and say, maybe it doesn't need a full paint restoration. Maybe it's too thin to get the orange peel out. And if we added some clear coat on it and then sanded it down, well, it's got the original stickers on it. We don't want to screw up the stickers. We don't want to clear coat over them. So maybe it just needs, you know, a clay bar and a good polish and maybe, uh, you know, a ceramic coating on it. So I want to talk to them about what's going to be the best way to do to finish this up and get get the, the paint all detailed and and clear it up. So once I get that information, I'll, I'll bring it to you guys as well. And, and, uh, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of take it from there, but it looks good, you know, and it was, look, it was fun to, to get behind the wheel and get it warmed up and drive it around the block. And, um, I ordered some tires for it. Uh, uh, nothing special cause the car is not going to be driven that much, but the tires on it are so old right now that it's, it's just, it's just silly to even try to drive on those tires it's it's too dangerous they just spin too easily More than, I, I would pick a different word than silly yeah um, it's stupid it's dumb <laughs> and yeah. i mean i took it around the block to the gas station and just leaving the gas station i was just giving it a little you know a, a little gas just to get it you know pull out into traffic and not be the douche that's doing 30 and and it got a little squirrely. I was like, all right, it's the tires. It's like as much as the thing like, oh, this car's badass. It breaks it loose. No, it's like running on four blocks of wood, <laughs> you know, for tires. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so ordered up some tires. I'll just put something on. I, I got some, you know, nothing, nothing real fancy. It, I was like, oh, I should put a good tire on it. And I was like, all right, I want to get a good tire, a decent tire. I ended up ordering a set of Pirelli's. Uh, it's, you know, it's like a, a, a good all season tire. I, I was like, I could put some Nitto triple fives on it. It was like, even yeah, then I got a really good high performance summer tire for a car. I'm probably not really going to drive that much. So I didn't really need anything super fancy. Um, but that being said, the Mustang Mach one, we've got the HRE wheels in, and I'm trying to find good tires for that damn thing. So we can drive that thing and have some fun with it. It's got another show coming up, I think, June 11th, um, Upland, I think Upland Ford. It's going to be at that show, and then uh, then we'll bring it back and do some more work on it. But I don't know. Yeah. Dry ice blasting stuff is good. What are you working Sounds on? Sounds great. What, what's going on with you? What are you working on? Where do I begin? <laughs> well, electrical today uh, for the garage, we're – we're jamming, man. We got the uh, entire roof structure finished. We're all kind of dried in. The uh, garage doors will be delivered uh, the next three weeks, it looks like. The stairs will be here within three weeks, and HVAC starts next week. And so, yeah, man, it's a shit show at the Goldberg Garage right now. <laughs> but it, it's 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 a lot of progress. Um. Uh, yeah, it's just it's one thing after another, but it's a, the exciting times. You know, I'm, things are starting to come together. I'm going to talk to your boys at Levrac. I'm going to head out to Nebraska and visit the badass workbench guys. Um, you know, uh, Expel's got to come out do the window treatment. Um, the Ben Pack is sending the, their militia of guys out for I think a week and a half to yeah. do the install of all the lifts and sometime at the end of June. 
And uh, yeah, other than that, nothing's going on. Oh yeah, we con- met with the concrete guys, asphalt guys last week, and uh, got that all designed. And yeah, it's all coming together, man. Finally, finally, you know, ten years after after uh, <laughs> starting the the pad, you know, we're we're actually getting there. So it's good. Got the T- the the second TRX ordered. So. Hopefully, uh, we get that way in advance prior to the uh, opening of the garage. And, uh, you're on the clock, Dodge, or Ram, right now. You're on the clock. You're on the clock. See how long it- <laughs> um, we'll see how much pull Goldberg's got it, it over at Ram. But um, I'm looking forward to that one, man. We're going we're gonna to check that one out, too. But uh, it won't be a numbered TRX, and so I can go out and drive the shit out of it with no reservations whatsoever. So, um I'm looking to twin turbo that thing and have a lot of fun with it. Okay. Right on. What do you think is going to be the first, uh, what do you think is going to be the first project modification? Now the first project car you take on in the garage, once the garage is done, you know, I I, I mean, maybe there's something waiting in the wings already. I know you're working with other shops and and you got projects going on, but Something to do in the garage. Here's the here's the deal. You can empathize with this, right? So, I mean, we've got a couple pitches out for for automotive content. Yeah, and a couple of well, all of them center around builds as part of the storyline. So, I've got three vehicles, four vehicles right now that are all in line, but they're all four completely different builds, right? That give a variety, right? So. I don't know whether we're going to, I think simultaneously we're going to farm one of the builds out, whether that'll be part of the show or not. I'm not sure, but I'm reaching out to the brothers up in, uh, up at, uh, around Dallas or around Austin area, mm-hmm. uh, iron resurrection guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, you know, we've got the, the seven one five that hopefully will be built for, uh, that video game twisted metal. Uh, that Matt's, Matt's doing stunts and special effects on. Um, and I'm going to throw the an option. Here, this is interesting. I'll throw the option to the brothers, guys. And I, I haven't even thrown it to them yet. But okay. I'll tell you, yeah. a couple of our listeners, that I'm going to give them either the, the 59 Biscayne, the Wanda's race car, the 70 Trans Am, or the 715. They're all three completely different projects. Right. Right. And, yeah. and the 90 Ram, other project, but they're all completely different projects with completely different uses and desired uh, end results for different reasons. Right. So I'm just trying to juggle everything show content, timing, their style, uh, and ultimately, you know, what needs to be done first. I mean, if it was all up to me and it would be based upon fun, I'm building that 715 right now. We'd start doing the Kevlar panels on it and yeah. get that turret built for the for the Gatlin gun on top. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, oh, or the GTX. I'm going to throw them the, the 68 uh, GTX 440 four-speed car but see that's an original car so i don't think i want them to do anything to that because i want that i want to be able to hand them something and let them go let them do their thing because i really i'm i'm getting i'm really getting into their work 
I, I appreciate their attention to detail and I like their subtle, you know, cool way of going about things. Customized. Yeah. Okay. So that's as, that, yeah. that, that's as detailed as get, but it's not detailed at all, but it's a, it's a cool array of different projects that all sound exciting to me. It's just which one needs to be done first and which one do they want to do? You know, the other, the others are going to be built, you know, shortly thereafter. It's just, I want them to do something for me and with me and uh, in combination with Goldberg's garage and Dodge. um, I think it'd be really freaking cool. Yeah. Right. You know, 715 would just be because we're hellcatting it up. I got a four speed, you know, for it already. Uh, I've got a number of other things for it. So, I mean, that, that thing, I very much love for that to be the next project. Yeah. That's a cool project. I just wait on a phone call. Yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, all right. So speaking of uh, car projects and not really to in- intentionally make this another Dodge episode, but our friend Ralph Gills, Head of design. And, <laughs> hey, listen, he's been several positions, but uh, you know he's a thirty-year veteran over at uh, at the Dodge, you know, family of of brands. So, how freaking cool! How cool is it to have him as one of the guys that lead the brand? I mean, yeah. in preface to what you're about to. So, him being at Stellantis now, the new parent company. Yeah, I think he's the. Uh, design chief for for the company and like we said 30 30 year veteran over there um always a great guy to talk to by the way and just super into this stuff and and a hot rodder as well uh but yeah so what does what is the guy who is one of the top designers in the automotive industry when he wants to build himself a hot rod like where do where do you go? Like what what direction do you go in? Uh, and he had thoughts about it. He had very similar thoughts to you. He's had very similar thoughts to let's just say Kevin Hart in this regard. Fairly similar. He he went to Speedcore to do a sixty eight Charger. Now Speedcore, we know they did uh they did the seventy Charger for Kevin Hart which came out uh, great. Um, I think that one was called Hellraiser. And uh, Ralph's car is called Hallucination. Hallucination. (laughs) And uh, yes, he must know somebody at Dodge because he's got one of the Heliphant engines. (laughs) And in there, he's he's got the thousand horsepower crate engine. I don't know that we ever figured out how many of these were actually made. Uh, when they came out, the rumor was something like, I don't know, 100 or 125, something along the lines of that. So he's got the 68 uh, Charger. It looks cool. It's badass. And I get like it's supposed to be kind of subtle, but in the end, it doesn't really look that subtle. Like it's you know, <laughs> it, it's black. It's menacing. Uh, but he had some thoughts on on how to make this car, right? He wanted to do something kind of – he knew he wanted to do elephant engine, big power. Uh, but his two other sort of directives were 
lighter weight. It's a big car. So I want to reduce the weight and actually make the car a comfortable, drivable car. And I know that directive is often given to builders all the time. And then it snowballs into, you know, is that the best suspension? Is, you know, it's, it's what if I do want to take it on the track? And, you know, what if I want to do this with it? And you're like, okay, but every time you say that, it turns more into a racing car, right? You start stiffening up the suspension. You're like, I want an everyday driver, but I want it to pull 1.1 G in the corner. Yeah. Uh, but he had a, a more clear directive. It's not meant to be a race car. It's meant to be a car that I hope he he intends to put miles on it. So he wanted something uh, lighter weight and, uh, and comfortable enough to drive across the country, as he would say. Uh, I'm not sure the four-point harness belts are going to be the most <laughs> is going to be the most comfortable thing out there. Uh, maybe he's got a regular belt in it as well. But Speedcore being carbon fiber gurus, like I believe the the parent company, which I forgot the name of, uh, a lot of experience in carbon fiber, which is sort of what led to this trend and then to them building the cars. But these guys basically put together what is essentially an entire carbon fiber car. They took this unibody, if you will, and they didn't recreate the unibody as a single carbon fiber piece, but it's carbon fiber, carbon fiber floorboards now on a chassis. Uh, the body works all carbon fiber, uh, some massive pieces um, to, to pull that off with a roll cage in it. Um, but now, they didn't give us the exact weight, but significant weight reduction, increased uh, strength um, between the chassis, the roll cage, and all the stiff carbon fiber. Uh, it was an incredible feat. And if you follow Ralph on Instagram over the past two years, you'll see him starting to post a few things about this car, about just big pieces of carbon fiber, just like everything from being digitally scanned. And then as you're scanning it and putting it in, then you make the modifications, right? You, 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 you look at it and go, all right, so now that we've scanned it, we know what the floorboards are going to look like, but what if I want a 345 tire on the back? You know, we don't want to cut it apart and do mini tubs. Like, let's just build it in from the get-go. So some really, really cool uh, pieces on the car. It's uh, It looks good. It's 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 definitely uh, menacing, if you will. Uh you know, and he's got he's got a nice audio system in its custom classic instruments gauges. He did uh, a rear seat delete, carbon fiber door panels, carbon fiber dash, carbon backed front seats, uh, all part of that weight loss uh, thing. The uh, carbon fiber floor, wheel wells, uh, body panels, front rear valances, hood. <laughs> it's all it, there's there's a lot going into it and. There's a, I think Speedcore put up a little video of this thing firing up, and it sounds, it sounds, sounds pretty crazy. This is their video. Let's see if you can. Yeah. 
And it's kind of cool to see it on the on the dyno. Those guys breaking it in. And look, you've got a oh, yeah. you've got a very tough critic with uh, you know, with a guy like Ralph Shields. You know, he's been doing this for a minute now, and he, well, I'd say that's an understatement. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they do some over there, man. I mean, this is just the latest in their uh, in their array of toys, man. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you can't build something like that for the the King of the Hill when it comes to Stellantis and the Dodge and Ram brand, and yeah. I think it's badass. I mean, any 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 Dodge guy is going to love that vehicle. It's a completely different interpretation. You know, a lot of people wouldn't do that, but but a lot would. So you know, you can't please everyone. Well, it's a cool project. Those guys did a good job, and would like to see uh, some pretty exciting builds like that. Hopefully, we get to see that car at SEMA Show and a couple of other events. Um, I would imagine we will be able to be able to get a glimpse of it. I can't imagine what it's like to go for a ride in that car simply because I'm just curious to know, I don't know, did they cut 800 pounds? Did they cut a thousand pounds off that car? And, and what is that thing? What does that big bird feel like with that, uh, with that? Kind well, of look at, look at what I, I would venture to guess more than more than 600. That's my guess. I'd, I'd say around a thousand, and I only say that because if you look at the Challenger that they did years ago, mm-hmm. um, they saved four to six hundred pounds, I think it was, or six to eight hundred pounds, and that was on a car that was built, you know, in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, and so think about the difference in weight of a vehicle built then compared to in sixty eight. Yeah, you know, doing the Charger. Right. Uh, but, you know, keep in mind, he's got he's got big wheels on it. They custom made some HRE wheels, a lot more rubber, you know, oh, yeah. the, the wheel, a massive brakes. They put a chassis underneath it, a roll cage in it. So they bring back some of that weight. Um, so, yeah, I think in the body alone, they probably cut a lot of weight and then added a little bit back and in the creature comforts, big stereo, things like that. Um Honestly, the uh, an original engine, uh, you know, I don't know if you compare it to a small block or a big block, but an original engine versus the weight of the Heliphant engine, I, I'm not it's sure. Aluminum block. Yeah, but uh, but you got the supercharger on the top. You've got intercoolers. Um, you you know you've got uh, water. You know the water pump for the you know not just for the engine, but you know what I'm saying like the it's an mm-hmm. air to water intercooler. There's there's some things you got yeah, to add to it. Yeah, uh, you know a- adding a supercharger and all of its accessories and intercoolers and piping and all that stuff. I'm guessing that's probably in the 60 to 80 pound range. I mean, it could be a hundred, but it's probably around 80 pounds to add that kind of, kind of stuff to it. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of makes you wonder where they, where, where they came out, you know, with, uh, with, with something like that. But But remember, it's not a race car. So it's a, in describing that car, it's not a race car, but it's a car that can be raced. Anything with a fucking elephant in it. Yes, that's exactly right. It's not a race car, but it's a car that can be raced. And they probably moved that engine back quite a bit um, to really kind of lighten up the front end a bit more, especially if you're adding all those intercoolers and stuff. Uh, so anyway, it seems it seems good. Uh, one last thing I want to touch what on before. What's the retail price tag on that vehicle? It's- taking everything into consideration because they had to do the molds for the carbon fiber. 
Yeah. I, I'm not saying what they sold it to Ralph for, but what do you think it would cost to build that vehicle? You know, all that one-off carbon fiber and you got to hand lay that up um, and giant autoclave. Honestly, I think if you if you went in there and had to write a check to get this car built, it's about 600000 That's my guess. That's about what I would... I- I guess three quarters at the most. I don't, who knows, but you know, tooling that the huge pieces of carbon fiber, yeah. you know, yeah. for the first time. Now, my God, I imagine. look, there are some high end cars. There's some Riddler cars. I'm not saying it's Chip Foose or Troy Trepanier, but you know, or Bobby Alloway, but those guys, I mean, there's been talk of, those cars costing upwards of a million bucks and taking five years. Oh, yeah. But we're talking Easy. about something yeah. different because those guys are literally like hand fabricating or machining everything from scratch. Everything. Like literally everything from scratch. And and hiding bolts and then the painting and the coat. Like there's just so much. Like The Ring Brothers. Right. I mean, to really, really get into it. But look, this car – Although a very, very cool car, a lot of the carbon fiber, but the engine I think was just kind of repainted and put in, right? There wasn't, that's it. It's a crate engine painted and put in. The whole like rear differential was something that was bought from a partner, right? The brake package and stuff. But when you get into, you know, the most expensive like Riddler cars, everything's pretty much made, <laughs> you know, I, that, maybe, maybe yeah, brake calipers that, 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 aren't, but the money is going into, into the labor of, of tooling that, that one off, right. Yeah. As opposed to paying for the first mold of a carbon yeah. fiber 68 charger, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, just imagine if you had a full carbon fiber body on one of those vehicles, like like the Ring Brothers, <laughs> is that being like a two million dollar vehicle? Oh my god! Uh, I'm trying to think of back in the day. What was the? There was like a really big price, like when Celine was doing the S7, which had a, I believe, had a carbon fiber body on it, and that was quite some time ago. And I think someone overseas maybe italy we had to make the bodies and you know they're kind of like oh the car is expensive it's almost a million bucks whatever half a million bucks and i think he said something like the body alone was a hundred thousand dollars it cost a hundred thousand dollars to make that body you know back then too yeah back then um and it's when we talked about the bugatti right i drove the sharon pure sport and i was like for, for what, for less paint. And they're like, yeah, yeah, because we do carbon fiber bodies, but if you want any of it exposed, it costs more money because the weave has to be perfect. And, uh, someone released, um, the, the pricing and the options of the upcoming, uh, Koenigsegg, uh, Yesco. And it's weird because the online configurer, for that, I think you have to be a qualified buyer just to go online and use that thing because they're only making like 125 of these cars. And they said if you want an all raw carbon fiber body clear coat on it, it's four hundred and thirty-five thousand yeah. dollars. Basically, 
<laughs> the price of a of a of a high end Ferrari or a Lamborghini Aventador, <laughs> you could get the wrong Good carbon God. fiber. It's a lot less if you paint the car, and if you do kind of oh, a yeah. half paint or a tint or or like a metallic over it, and you hide some of the weave, it, it's like you know it's two hundred eighty thousand dollars or something, you know two fifty or whatever. But it's like a four hundred thirty five thousand dollar option just to get the. I was like. That's a cool car. Fucking paint it. Just paint it. <laughs> yeah, hello, hello. Yeah. You know, if you oh, went to them and go, hey, you know, paint it, but maybe just do like a raw carbon fiber like stripe down the middle. They're like, great. That's one hundred eighty thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> for for that stripe. Oh, we can do that. Uh, listen, if you want, if you went and you bought the new GT five hundred, and the racing stripes are included, but the painted on stripes that a few people got, if that's a $10,000 option, then you're, you're like, why? We're like, well, now now we know why. Because to do it all hand done or something, you know, it, it costs a lot more. Um, all right. We've got to give up this studio and do another, do another podcast. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, guys, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's a good show. It's fun. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Uh, I know we've got a lot of stuff going on, but um, yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here next week. And so until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.